Thank you, Molly. Good job. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, with Mary and Joseph, angels and shepherds, and the animals in the stable, we gather around your Son, born for us. Bless us with your holy presence and inspire us to help those who have no place to dwell. Be with us that we might share Christ's love with all the world, for he is our light and salvation. Glory in heaven and peace on earth, now and forever. Please join. We thank you, God, for your gift of Jesus Christ to the entire world. We thank you that Christ's coming makes hope, peace, joy, and love possible for every person in every nation. Encourage us to do our part to bring goodwill and peace to our families, our church, our neighborhoods, and the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this evening is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. As people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood, shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. A lesson according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from the emperor, from Emperor Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first census, and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. 
all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So the shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. They were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of the Lord. So here we are. We're sitting here quietly, or at least as quietly as can maybe be, to think about and remember, to remember tonight why we are gathered and what we are celebrating and why we are celebrating it all, but also to remember how we learned about this tradition, how about how it started for each one of us, about who was there when we learned it about who is no longer here, that great cloud of witnesses, the angels all around us, not just those figures behind me, as beautiful as they are, but rather the most beautiful angels in the world, a different one for each of in your minds. Perhaps you even have your own personal host of angels. Wouldn't that be amazing that surround you? We're fortunate here at Jerusalem Western Salisbury Church to have these amazing visuals that are all around us. 
to help us along and to help us remember the manger scene behind me. The scene helps us better understand what the story is talking about from a physical location and visual story, visual aid in retelling the story, this ancient story of the birth of Jesus. And the light, the light's everywhere. It's in the the candles all around us. Soon we'll light the, the, the Advent candles and the Christ candle. But our challenge seems to come when we listen to a psalm like Psalm 98. It puts all of this birth talk that we're doing tonight, this God coming to us, and connects it to why Jesus is coming to earth. What his coming to earth teaches us about what we're being told to do. Listen to what the psalm has to say to us tonight as we contemplate the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Again, it's one of those visual things where the, our, our four mothers and fathers were very wise in placing those words up there, Emmanuel, God with us. So that every week when we come here, if you look up there and you read that, you're reassured that God is with us. Just like I believe that God is with us tonight. So listen now to Psalm 98. Sing to God a brand new song. God's made a world of wonders. God rolled up the sleeves. God set things right. God made history with salvation. God showed the world what God could do. God remembered to love us. A bonus to God's dear family, Israel. Indefatigable love. The whole world comes to attention. Look, God's work of salvation. Shout your praises to God, everybody. Let's lose and sing. Strike up the band. We got a band. (laughs) Round up an orchestra to play for God. Maybe they're an orchestra. Add a a hundred voice choir. You know how many many people are back there? Really? Feature trumpets and big trombones. We got them up there. Fill the air with praises to King God. Let the sea and its fish give a round of applause. With everything living on earth joining in. Let ocean breakers call out, encore, encore. And mountains harmonize the finale. A tribute to God when God comes. When God comes to set the earth right. God will straighten out the whole world. God will put the world right and everyone in it. How about that? How about the way it talks of a brand new song? This new song is not just what has been done in the past. Even the birth of Jesus that we remember tonight and remember in the way that it was done or happened in the past, but also... Because of all of the important things God is still doing, still doing today, a brand new song. And hope and pray God will continue to do and surprise us all forever and ever. Good people of God, it is this God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus himself, who came to us. His birth in the form of a tiny baby that reminds us that not only is God present and with us, but God has continued to create and recreate and reshape and reform and renew all the way along as we go, continuously. In the midst of all this creating and recreating, we also have this constant message coming from God through God's children. That's us, by the way. 
The same kind of rhythm to the sound, one commentator tells us, that that approach brings our Christmas tradition and celebration into the same rhythm and singing the same melody together with the same harmonies as God's song of justice and healing and peace. Not just for some, but for all of this world that God loves so much. How about the surprising note of judgment in there too? What do we do with that? I really think it reminds us of Mary's beautiful song, the Magnificat. When the high will be brought low and the hungry filled. No wonder Mary's son would talk the same way one day. Jesus sounds just like Mary, if you really think about it. Mary, the mother of God, who shows her strength and sense of purpose and strong faith and independent decision-making to actively choose to become the mother of God, the God-bearer. And when Mary sings this amazing song, the Magnificat, her song that magnifies God, that's what Magnificat means. And in all, and in its own way, sets the stage for the Prince of Peace, Jesus, who comes to take away the sins of the world and also to hold all who claim Jesus as their Savior to this higher calling for justice and mercy and to be peacemakers, not peace contemplators. Are you with me so far? We too often forget that the coming of the Prince of Peace is so much more than candy canes and frosted window panes. With the coming, the arrival of this little baby, comes this wonderful and very intentional, very intentional call for justice and peace and healing of the whole world. The incarnation of Jesus, Jesus coming into the world in the form of a baby, a person just like you and me, So that God actually becomes like you and me, flesh and blood and blood and bones and skin, all of it unfolding before our eyes. This unfolding is, as one commentator said, the unfolding of God's will through the courage and the conviction of one young woman, full of grace, long ago, Mary of Nazareth, Mary the mother of Jesus. There is a new song that is being proclaimed and then brought to life and made flesh and dwells among us. God is with us. We are all, the whole of creation, called to sing this new song. This peace that we talk about, too, comes to places we live, too. If we talk about a new song at home as well, we, you and me, may dare to hope for reconciliation and peace in our personal relationships and in our families, in much the same way that we dare to dream of peace among the nations. Another commentator reminds us that we, that we suspect that this kind of peace at home is the deepest longing of most of our hearts, and the human heart even. And in the midst of the Christmas celebrations, that's the longing we're trying to express with each twinkling light, the stars in the sky, each colorful ornament, every carol that we sing. We celebrate Christmas in many ways. We have many individual or family traditions represented here in this beautiful full sanctuary tonight. Gathering with friends and family, exchanging gifts, going to church with family, making food and cookies and sending cards, traveling from far away to be close to family, traveling together as a family as part of a Christmas family thing. About that last one, a personal story. My wife, Diane, who's here someplace, where is she? I lost her. 
Oh, there she is. <laughs> She's behind the glass, sitting next to Phyllis up there. Diane decided, and, and I agreed with her, that we our ten grandchildren, um, so it was actually became 17 people altogether, that instead of buying them the same Christmas gifts, the toys where they play with the boxes more than the toys, you know what I'm talking about. We decided to do something together. And we're not, we don't have a whole bunch of money, so we couldn't like fly to Disney for a week or something like that. So instead, we decided to go to Hershey Park for two days and stay in the Hampton Inn. So everyone, we found the weekend and we went for two days and it was awesome. And um, we went swimming and we went to, to, to Hershey Park. The only problem was it was too cold. So the roller coasters weren't running. So the grandchildren didn't like that too much. But other than that, it was very successful. The people at the Hampton Inn suggested for Diane and I to get this little bit of a larger room that had a, like a living room in it. So that we could all gather together and we ate there and we opened presents there and we did all of that stuff. Afterward, we got home. My daughter Lauren said to her four-year-old, Sage, Sage, what was your favorite thing about vacation? And you would think, well, Sage might say chocolate, or she might say chocolate, or she might say chocolate. (laughs) Or she might say the tour in the chocolate world where we solved the mystery. Or she might say the rides in the park or the the Christmas lights that were twinkling or whatever. Swimming in the pool at the hotel. Not Sage. She lives up to her name, by the way, all the time at four. She said in this very innocent voice, I liked it best when we were all together all at the same time in Grandma and Grandpa's living room. Yep. That's what we're talking about, right? So then perhaps uh, in those same, along those same lines, um, some of the most moving and memorable ways we celebrate Christmas for many of us is through the singing of Christmas carols and Christmas songs. Yep, it's okay to like Jingle Bells and Frosty the Snowman and all that stuff too. So a musical, our musical memory lasts through the years. We know that. From our childhood into our old age, think of elders who are afflicted by, affected by dementia. Who can remember the words to old familiar hymns? The melodies are familiar and comforting. The words hauntingly beautiful and instructive at the same time. Or how about that first time you realize when a song comes on, when you're driving in the car, that your little grandchildren, who you didn't even know heard this song, know all the words to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. (laughs) Last Saturday... Linda Held organized a, a, a caroling trip for us. We hope that some of you will join us. We had about 16 people on a school bus, and we went to, to Phoebe home down on Turner Street, and um, we visited Ruth Barber, Linda's mom, and June Kickline, Cleo Devadant's mom, and um, the always uh, loquacious Paul Kunkel. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. We sang for them. And Ruth, who's in the the memory community down there, it's always amazing when we started singing songs that they knew. We kind of invaded their dining room, right? And and you could see that we kind of knocked them off their pins in their normal routine. Who are all these people? And we had bells with us, we had hand chimes with us, and so we created a little bit of a ruckus. Well, we started singing. First, one lady tried to steal Tony Moyer's bells. <laughs> he had one of those jingle bell things they used in the orchestra. She, she tried to sneak it away from him. But as we started singing, guess what happened? When we were singing jingle bells, when we were singing Silent Night, he remembered the words and they sang with us. 
totally amazing. Then the, 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 I'm telling them out of order, but there's a reason for that. We also were trying to, we went to visit, uh, we had planned to visit one house and um, the, that member wasn't quite feeling up to having us. And as we were there and she didn't answer the door, we are in this yellow school bus and Tony goes, hey, the Romaine, Romaine Faye's house is right down there. That green house. I bet she would, she would, we could go sing for her. And there seemed to be some cars around and we could see that the TV was on and all that stuff. So we knocked on the door. And they came and they welcomed us in. Well, it just turned out that, that Matt, who's ushering back there, Matt Faye, was, it was his birthday. <laughs> so they were all there. There were all kinds of people there. Three, what? Three generations. Four generations were there. And they came out and they had requests and they cheered and whistled when we sang. And they sang with us and all of that stuff. And they had a great time and we had a great time. Next Sunday, Romaine comes up to me. She goes, Pastor, that was so wonderful that you came. It was amazing. And some of my family had left already. And if we had known you were coming, we would have stayed. And everybody was wondering what that school bus was doing out in front of our house and all this stuff. But then she stopped. As wise as she is, and she's a very wise lady, she leaned forward and she said, But you know what, Pastor? My great-grandchild were there. My great-grandchildren were there. And those great-grandchildren are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. That's what it's about, too, right? So we got the wisdom of the four-year-old, and we got the the wisdom of the 90-year-old. And those two wisdoms come together to tell us what it's about. But there's one other piece that we need there, too. We need to create that love and that togetherness and that feeling of being together so that we can go out into the world and bring justice and feed people and take care of people and, most of all, spread the love of Jesus Christ. All of these kinds of, of memories with, with moments with family and friends and church friends allow us to regain and find again and pick up on the little glimmers of hope where hope sometimes seems hard to find today. When hope is hard to find, remember, the angels sang anyway. In the face of all this violence and suffering in our world today, we need to know we must become instruments of God's compassion and justice and peace and sing with all our hearts as we strive to put ourselves in God's service to participate in what God is doing to make the world right side up again. As we think about the angels singing that night, even as the Roman occupiers were looking for this baby called Jesus, who someone, some were calling a king, all because they brought tidings of hope, of joy, great joy, And that upset the ruling Roman people. It is my hope that in some small way, we, you might, and I might, we all might become and be a word of hope. A word of hope to those that we meet each day, to those that we might reach in faraway places. And sometimes that faraway place for us is right around the corner from our house. And through the angels whose work we can all strengthen and support. They're all around us. Um, I mentioned this at the first service. We we had an angel tree program here at the church. Many of you participated in that. We helped out a family here in the Salisbury Township School District who has two kids and seven foster kids. Many of those foster children from Puerto Rico who are here as foster kids because there's no school for them in Puerto Rico. So this family took them in so that they can go to school. 
And we collected 800, right Marlene? 800 gifts of things like not, they're not just gifts, they're, you know, um, diapers and uh, personal care items and all that stuff for the ingathering that, that the Lutheran Church does. And we did all those things together because we care about our neighbors and our, those people around us and close to us. As we think about the angels singing that night, even as all that happened, and that word of hope, that work is the kind of music, the kind of singing together, singing brand new songs that will change the world with the melody that God is calling us to join in and sing. We celebrate and we sing our songs this Christmas Eve night. Our challenge then becomes, for me at least, it becomes, how, how will we continue to sing these songs? How will we continue to sing these songs in the days and weeks and months ahead? How is this night and the coming morning not only unlike all others, but also indeed like every other evening and morning of our lives? Or at least how do we make it that way? So let us sing tonight, tomorrow, and every other evening and morning of our lives. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Jesus is with us. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart, every heart, prepare him room. Make room for the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God, with us. And heaven and nature and all God's children sing. And heaven and nature and all God's children sing. And heaven and heaven and nature and all God's children sing. Oh, and don't forget, when hope is hard to find, remember... The angels sang anyway. Amen?
Let us pray together. God of light, we come before you in many ways, bruised, broken, and cracked apart. Thank you for shining your light into these cracks, bringing your healing presence to our deepest need. We know that in our lives and in this world, there is still great darkness. Send us into places of great need, that we may live as lanterns for your light, and me reminded that the light of the world is first revealed in the humble simplicity of a little child. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I used to think it was corny, and some of you have heard me say this, that my pastor always used to say, you should see how you look from where I'm standing. And now I say it every single year too. The light of God is shining on each of your faces. It's proving that you see what God has created most beautiful. And now, as you go from this place to your homes and to your celebrations and to your time with your family and to some for time alone, hold on to this joy. Hold on to this hope. Make sure this light stays at the center. And as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you. And give you peace now and always and unto ages of ages. Amen.